Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, our hosts look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words. Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do. But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the Internet's bullshit. If you can't tell by my my sad harmonica playing, we are now entering the this year in Matt Morium section. <laughs> it's okay. You can laugh, Cap. I don't that need was, that much I, silence. Uh, well, <laughs> I didn't want to. You caught me as I was drinking, so I almost sprayed Red Bull uh, everywhere. Yeah. So I wasn't uh, expecting Matt Morium. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't noticed from our slightly uh, from our modified intro. Over the course of the last few months, Matt and I have been in discussion about the direction of the show. He's got a lot going on in his life right now that he wants to focus on, including taking his first steps towards stand-up comedy. Uh, he's done a couple stand-up sessions that we talked about uh, previously on the show, and he's continuing to look at that as a as an outlet for his comedy. And odds are we haven't heard the last of him, but he has promised to continue to be a regular listener, and uh, we talk probably every single day. So I'm sure I'll get plenty of feedback, possibly even about this in Matt Morium section. But <laughs> uh, enough about folks who aren't here today. Let's talk about who is sitting in as my co-host today, already introduced by blurts and laughs. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cap. I'm here to make sure that Ryan isn't just talking to himself. And you know, maybe I'll learn something today. Maybe I'll learn something today. <laughs> no, I, I promise you, I was looking at the notes and I realized that Cap did w- so much more to prepare for my show than I did. I, like, I want I, I want to take a moment to feign indignity, but honestly, it's just gratitude. Yeah, we're dealing with some uh, some very obscure and unique subjects today, so I thought I would take a deep dive. Awesome. Uh, well, the first thing I want to talk about is a meme that I saw circulating recently. In this image, it's just a pen drawing. With, uh, with a little bit of dialogue, there are five people tied to the tracks and it is coming up on a switch point in the tracks and there's a man holding the switch and he says, but if I divert the trolley now, that would be unfair to all the people it's already killed. The people it's already killed are the bloody bodies on the track behind the trolley. <laughs> and this is absolutely a reference to the recent Biden administration forgiveness or pledged forgiveness of $10,000 to $20,000 worth of student loans for... Yeah, a little gorier than the usual trolley problem, for sure. Uh, for those of you who don't recall, we covered the trolley problem on episode six, McTrains, McPlanes, and the McMinimum Wage. <laughs> Basically, the traditional trolley problem as it stands is you've got one person on one rail and then five people on the other rail, and the tr- Trolley is barreling towards five people. Is it ethical to pull the switch and switch the track so it only kills one instead of five? Um, is it ethical? I'm not going to answer that. 
I, I would do everything I could to stop the train before it hit anybody, Ryan. What I would do is I would I would make sure I was not the closest one to the lever and I would yell at the person standing near the lever. Exactly. Someone that else's way, problem. That way I only have to live with the guilt of influencing somebody to murder a person. Or maybe Looney Tune style kind of build a ramp or more track in front of the train as it's going <laughs> to create a new way around the people. There's there's a ways out of this problem. Yeah, so the student loan forgiveness is been kind of controversial. There's a lot of there's a lot of people mad about bailing out what they view as I guess lazy college graduates. <laughs> right? I'm not I'm not really clear. I'm not really clear on what the what the poo-pooing is about. Like people went to school and they learned a bunch of stuff and that stuff was expensive. Uh, it's a lot of people who are complaining about it are the ones who had millions forgiven from their uh PPE loans. That's just it, though. Uh, I don't think that it's just, you know, well-to-do people. It's 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 a lot of people who identify as working class who may not have gone to college who are upset about it, too. And they're definitely not millionaires. And most of those people did not receive those uh, those sweet, sweet PPP loans that members of Congress sucked up. Uh, we've covered the trolley problem extensively in the past. And in this case, student loan forgiveness is good. If you don't like it, uh, you're either bad or misinformed. You get to pick. <laughs> You know, and I, if I had known that I would be getting this uh, loan forgiveness in the future, I probably would have gone to college. Oh. <laughs> that, was, oh. Uh, that was my biggest reason not to go, was not being in debt for the rest of my life. I know, but you went to D&D University and you learned nine levels of wizard spells. So Exactly. I can cast fairy fire at will. It's, uh, it's very helpful in today's world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But speaking of casting fairy fire in order to illuminate <laughs> your enemies in the darkness, that actually is going to bring us to our first real topic of the day. I found a picture on the internet recently of uh, it's a it's a three panel graphic from at Oddity Mall, which is a Twitter account. And it says a laser grid for your bicycle. It warns you of terrain changes when riding at night. And what it shows is a small device that's mounted onto the handlebars of a bicycle that illuminates a square grid in front of it in light, allowing you to see changes in terrain like in the old like 1980s vector video games. It looks like Tron. It's very it looks like you're riding a bike through Tron. I like it a lot. Yeah. So I, I thought that I thought it was a really cool topic. And I, I can't tell whether this is an actual footage of the device in use or if it's being photoshopped. I suspect it's being photoshopped. The, the top one looks photoshopped, but the bottom left looks CGI. It looks it's like looks closer to real. The top one definitely looks fake. I think the top one looks real and the bottom. Really? One looks fake. I think it's a I think it's a real picture of a guy on a bike. And then they photoshopped the grid in after the fact. Whereas the one on the yeah, bottom yeah. left, I think, is a CGI simulation. I say that based on the uh, texture of the gravel on the ground. It looks like stucco. I, I really like this invention, though, if it is a real thing. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. This is something that I would buy if I were a person who exercised to get from place to place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea for like even especially like if you're on a trail. In yeah. the woods, there's a lot of holes and rocks and things. Mm -hmm. This could be very helpful, although it does kind of stop you from looking in yeah, front well, of I, you. I think the issue with using it on a trail, like this is definitely more for like city riding or street riding. Mm -hmm. Because if, Think about it, if you're on a trail, you're going to get tons of distortion. And then on top of that, the bike's going to be moving so much that you're going it's to be vibrating the, the grid. Yeah. So this is definitely only useful on like city streets, flat level ground where uh, variations in that grid are going to be unexpected and easily perceived. 
Did you find out? Is this a real? Is this a real item? It's a real idea. <laughs> oh, in theory. Uh, yeah, so Lumigrids, which is the name, uh, this, that's how I found most of the information about this. The, it's the name that's displayed on the device in the lower right uh, image. It's an LED projector system that doubles as a visibility beacon and bike light because it's producing, you know, light. Mm-hmm. I think they said it was prototyped. I think it would have to have been prototyped to win awards. But it was designed by researchers at Sichuan University in China, and it received the Red Dot Design Award in 2012. Now, the fact that there's a 10-year gap between winning the design award and us seeing an image of it on the internet and having <laughs> never seen this on the market would seem to indicate that this is stalled somewhere between the uh, somewhere it, it, it's stuck in the shark tank. It's somewhere between design and design and commercial availability. This does remind me a lot of like the Xbox Connect. If okay. you remember that, they used to use it to uh they still do use it for like tracking and like all the ghost hunting shows use Xbox Connects. Because it sends this grid out into the room. Yeah. And anything that moves, you can see uh, shapes or whatever moving through the grid. Even if nothing is visible to the naked eye. A lot of people hacked the Xbox Connect. I I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's a very useful camera and grid system. Just not any fun games. I remember seeing some uh, YouTube videos where people had taken the the original Nintendo Wii sensors. Mm -hmm. They synced it with glasses. In order to uh, have a deep perspective television. Yeah, okay. They'd create a 3D space on the TV, uh, and the view would change relative to the position of the viewer wearing the glasses. Cool. So Very you cool. could look around the window. It's like looking through an actual window into a space, which is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I love it. I love that and, effect. And what's crazy to me is that there's a lot of focus on things like Oculus Rift, where you know it's completely enclosing your eyes and goggles. Mm-hmm. But I have not seen anybody use that idea to create virtual spaces that are visible still through the TV, but with that full perspective. Yeah, I love it. I would play a game like that. That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, a horror game. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, with like with like a first person perspective. Yeah, like you you could you could literally move around the room and duck and hide, and it would be your Horrifying. actual space. <laughs> it's it's pretty darn close. If you have a big enough TV, it's basically a holodeck in Star Trek, right? So as, as far as like the practicality of this, I think we already identified that trail riding would be next to impossible. This is really, you know, urban commuter, like late night. I just knocked off up my shift at the factory <laughs> and I'm headed home to my beautiful family in the suburbs of Sichuan, China. So my, my concern would be like if you're staring at the ground, you might miss some other hazards. That's uh, that's my main concern here is things either hanging low or, you know, things you have to duck under or something just in front of you. Or a car coming. Like if you're focused on the ground the whole time, it, it you could definitely miss something important. Yeah, and the thing is, they they even the the article I found covering this seemed to describe a much smaller grid. So I don't know what the folk like. Maybe they might be talking about focal distance because this does not make sense. Um, <laughs> so their normal mode display is listed as uh, 140 by 180 millimeters. It's five five and a half by seven inches. Huh. And then the high speed mode uh, increases to five and a half by 10, uh, 10 inches. And then the team mode extends it to 12 inches by eight inches. So that's fine, I guess. But are you really going to make all of your writing decisions based on a five inch slice of information? Right. That makes me think that there might be some sort of focal distance at play. Because a lot of times when you talk about imaging, you talk about the uh, spot distance ratio. Sure. It's the ratio of 
the size of the area being inspected to the distance from the area being inspected. So, you know, at a one inch distance, you might be inspecting a six inch area, which means at a two inch distance, you'd be inspecting a 12 inch area. See what I'm saying? So there may be a control distance that they're using to determine the size of this grid that doesn't necessarily reflect to the pattern displayed on the ground. If it does anything, at least other people will see you easier. Yeah, because you're shooting out a big Death Star grid in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, like I was trying to think about some like other applications of this. Like, where else do you want cool, cool? Like, I'd say maybe at like an orgy, (laughs) (laughs) just to know where all the bumps and ridges are. One of those naked sushi places, so that way you can be sure that you're not doing anything too inappropriate, (laughs) depending on the lighting. I don't, I don't know why that. Like, this just seems like a really sexy device to me. That's being wasted on our city streets. A very sexy 11 by 5 inch grid. <laughs> you could put that anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> Wink. It, it seems like a really great idea. And it seems like something with some serious marketability. I have a lot of uh, there's a lot of bike riders out where I live. I live in the country and it's a lot of. I mean, this yeah. roads and uh, I, you, uh, you, you've lived around Atlanta before, you know, the amount of potholes in the city. Yeah. And how narrow the roads are. This would be. Extremely helpful to anyone with a bike in Atlanta. I, yeah, I think it's great for for urban riders and smooth street riders. If I was a Shark Tank, I would I would invest. If I were a Shark Tank, I too would invest. Um, and you know what I might do is I might go out and buy a bigger Shark Tank. Right, too many sharks in this tank. Speaking of big tanks, I have a question here from our No Stupid Questions. Uh, that's that place on the internet where you could ask anything, any question. Yeah, yeah, and. It's not stupid. So what have you got? So this question brought to us by Ykana1. They pose, if I am inviting 20 to 30 very overweight colleagues to a pool party, should I lower the water level? They add, I don't want my pool to overflow. It's a decent sized pool with a 12 foot deep end. That sounds pretty decent for a, a private pool. I mean, it's a decent pool for somebody who has... No sense of decency from the looks of it. Like, very true. Th- th- this feels like a very asshole question. It's like just because it's not a stupid question doesn't make it not an asshole question. And you're right. This user has a history of uh, some asshole questions and posts on Reddit. I dug in to see. I, I did some investigating here. And there are a lot of fat phobic posts on this person's history. I have to say just through a quick scroll and a lot of very out there conspiracy theories that were fun to read, but also a little disturbing to read. So so you're telling me this person has a just a, a traceable history of fat phobia and a lot of karma on Reddit. I don't know if the two things go hand in hand, but yes, there is. There's a, a lot of anti Lizzo posts on their profile, and uh, I won't stand for that because I love Lizzo. So this is like this would be like a, a racist hosting a pool party and asking if they need to like change the chemicals in the pool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's a lot of good comments on this post, uh, calling them out for one, but also doing the math, which is something Reddit likes to do a lot. I, I love doing the math. I'm so surprised that you were not one of the comments in there doing the math. I save it for the show. <laughs> Most everyone agrees that no matter how many people are in there because of how pools are set up, that the water would not raise more than six inches and would likely not overflow. That's what skimmers are for. That's how pools are designed. So unless it's just a hole in your backyard with water in it, 
you're going to be okay in this situation, no matter how many overweight colleagues you invite to your pool party. Yeah, this just this just feels like somebody making up a problem so they have an excuse to shame shame uh, overweight people. And like this person doesn't know. This person hasn't weighed all of their colleagues. <laughs> How do we know that this person isn't the the say the gym teacher in charge of the presidential fitness test that all of the faculty at the school participate in? And he's just like, you guys are pretty darn heavy for twelve year olds. I think that this person is somebody who. <laughs> hilariously enough, likes to cause waves on Reddit. I noticed a lot of their posts are removed in quotations, which is hard to do on Reddit. You have to, (laughs) it takes a lot to get your post removed. So I'm surprised this one hasn't been removed, but I think, I think this is a troll. Because I mean, I've been to public pools when there's like a hundred people in the pool. That water doesn't overflow. Yeah. Let's assume that even if you invite 20 to 30 very overweight colleagues to your pool party, is this the total sum of colleagues coming to your pool party? Are you not worried about the people of, you know, who are of an average or below average weight adding to the total volume of your pool? It seems kind of shitty, like unless you work at a place where it's just overweight people, um, which seems statistically unlikely. Exactly. (laughs) I, I guess my concern here is that that. The idea that all 20 to 30 of them would enter the pool at the exact same moment. Like, when was the last time you saw 20 to 30 adults? Everybody does a cannonball. Yeah, 20 to 30 adults jump into the pool simultaneously. Never. At most, you'll have five adults in the pool and everybody else sitting on the side of the pool saying that looks exhausting. Exactly. And if we're going by law of averages here, 20 to 30 people, at least one of those people has a Reddit account and was probably uh, hurt by this because I know exactly who it is who posted it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like on their way to the pool party, checking their phone and they're like, oh, I I think if this was not no stupid questions, this person is the asshole. (laughs) Well, you know what? Let me let me pose it this way, since we are in the r slash no stupid questions bubble. Is this person the asshole? It's not a stupid question. <laughs> yeah, no, these I would say these this person is the asshole. All right, there we're we're good to go. We're we're covered under the auspice of no stupid questions. You can't you can't you can't throw somebody out on their ear for asking if somebody's an asshole in this forum. <laughs> At worst you can dismiss it and say, "Nah, that's this is really not the place." But I think this is the place and the time. Hey, sorry to interrupt your favorite podcast, but I'm here to tell you about Shrimp and Crits, an actual play podcast with a Southern twist. My name is Ian, and I am the keeper for this show as we play Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. If you like the sound of swampy monster mayhem, gators gone shopping, and magical fairy mischief, you will be right at home in the remote panhandle town of Gullicochica, Florida, where spooky danger has begun to wash ashore. Shrimp and Crits is the story of Sarah Payne the Mundane. All I'm asking for is answers. That's all I'm looking for is the truth. Ari Green the Searcher. You know the proclamations of the fame. I suggest you follow them from now on. And Ray Ray, the most mundane monstrous you will ever meet. Mr. Zeus, I'm a I'm a big fan. I, I knew you were I knew you were real. Um, and Ray Ray's just like bowing in front of this swan. As they fumble their way through protecting their skeptical town from mysterious evils. We release new episodes every other Monday on the podcatcher of your choice. Hope to see you soon in sunny Gullicochica. Um, speaking of assholes, <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, 
a craze that has come back around, Ryan. I'm not sure if you heard about it. Uh, when's the last time you sunned your asshole? <laughs> tell me, tell me what you're responding I will, to. Here. I will here. Um, this is this is the image here. Uh, you can see there is a uh, woman quite bent over with her bum raised towards the sky in almost a salute here. Yeah, it looks like a sol- uh, looks like a yoga pose. She is dressed in this pose. I've seen a few while investigating this where it's just an Instagram post of people just with their butt fully out. Okay. Uh, And it says, over the image, it says, people always ask me how I'm so happy all the time. Sunning your holes for two minutes a day will increase your vibrations. Try it. Well, I didn't sun my hole for two minutes, but I can tell you I felt the effects after mere moments of exposing myself to (laughs) my neighbors. So this is a new viral trend that's been going around TikTok recently, um, which I've done some digging, and it's not quite as new as everybody's saying. It started around t- 2019. Are you saying that you're digging into these buttholes claims? I'm digging deep into these butthole claims. In a 2019 article, a wellness influencer named Metaphysical Megan went viral <laughs> for espousing the supposed <laughs> benefits of perennium sunning, a.k.a. butthole sunning. And for those of you who don't know what perennium is, that is what we would call the taint, or I'm sure there's all sorts of fun uh, colloquial names for it. <laughs> After this went viral, and a lot of people were trying it, there was a doctor, Dr. Diana Gall, who came out and said that there is no evidence that sunbathing in this way has any effect on your physical well-being. Is there any evidence that it doesn't? That it doesn't have an effect? No, I mean, vitamin D is good. (laughs) Getting outside and getting in the sun is good. So are you saying that getting vitamin D in your butthole is good? I feel like it could be dangerous. Gotta get that D. Because you can get vitamin D just by being outside. You don't need to show your butthole to the sun. And I, I worry for the sunburn effect. There's a reason we cover these areas. Do you think you get less vitamin distribution (laughs) by wearing clothes? The doctor worries that there is a high chance of you damaging your skin from exposing yourself like this to the sun and is very against it. But it kind of fell into obscurity after 2019 and has now come back in 2022 as we're all exiting our homes for the first time in years. (laughs) So all the people who are advocating for sunning their buttholes in 2019 are probably just walking outdoors backwards, grateful that the pandemic's over. Exactly. And one of those many people is Tucker Carlson, uh, who I'm sure we talk about a lot on this show. Um, he, (laughs) (laughs) He has been pushing the idea of testicle tanning in a very similar way saying that it raises the testosterone levels in men because he's very afraid that uh, men are falling away in today's America, the traditional man quotation marks. I guess I, I guess I'd, I would respond to this whole notion in two ways. One, as far as the testicle tanning goes, let him do it. Put, put, the, put his testicles under a fucking magnifying glass. And just let the sun do its work. That is pretty much every comment that I have found is saying <laughs> this is a great way to make sure there's no more Tucker Carlson's. He's going to be the last of Carl's sons. Exactly. <laughs> it was very quickly pointed out by doctors that uh, testicles, as we know them and love them, are outside of the body for a reason to regulate their temperature and keep them cool. Unlike most other organs that need that heat. So heating them up could be damaging. You're just cooking your boys. You're cooking the boys. You could be lowering <laughs> your sperm count. You could be doing a lot of damage. But I say... 
go for it. You know, if you really want to do this, if you are Tucker Carlson and you are or or one of his viewers who is young enough to still procreate, which is a small subset, <laughs> feel free to take your boys out. Let them bake in the sun for a little bit. Uh, I spend a lot of time on the r slash antinatalism okay. subreddit looking for looking for dope content, and they support this message 100%, regardless of whether you're Tucker Carlson or a Tucker Carlson fan or not. <laughs> They're just like, don't make babies. <laughs> so I guess my, my, my first thing here is, as far as this person's sunning, were you able to locate this specific post? Because I don't. it looks like the username's been cropped out. No, I did not find this pose, but like you said, it looks like a yoga pose. And my first thought when I saw Metaphysical Megan and everything she was doing is that this is some sort of white people cultural appropriation. And is there anywhere to appropriate sunning your butthole from? So I did a a very small amount of digging. And what I found was that according to Megan, metaphysical Megan, that this is an ancient Taoist practice. Oh, ancient butthole stuff. Ancient butthole stuff of sunning her bum and her yoni, as she puts in quotes here. Okay. (laughs) And saying that it has a ton of benefits, including surges of energy, better sleep, and a better connection to her sexual energy and creativity. Yeah, uh, the the energy that she's surging with is ultraviolet radiation. (laughs) Exactly. And there's nothing worse than getting a a, a cancerous lump directly on your butthole. Yeah, that's a fun doctor's visit. Yeah, so it does seem to stem from this ancient Taoist practice and has been uh, appropriated by Metaphysical Megan and subsequently by Tucker Carlson. But doctors say there's no benefit to it. But, you know, uh, most people who are out here showing it say only 30 seconds to a minute. So if you're doing it for that amount of time, I think you're okay. But anything over a minute, you might get sunburned and I wouldn't advise it. It's like when I was in the army and I went to an Air Force doctor and he asked if I smoked. And I said, well, I have like one cigarette a week. And he said, well, that's probably not going to kill you. Exactly. (laughs) You know, as long as you're not in public showing off your butthole, I think you're fine here unless it's that sort of place. Do what you do. But other than that, you know, it's not going to hurt anybody except yourself if it's longer than a a minute. Sex club with a skylight. (laughs) 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 Just a bunch of perverts on the roof masturbating because that's part of the gig. They just leave the door unlocked. Go on up. (laughs) (laughs) And then they can sun their buttholes up there, too. But they're at risk of getting burnt because, you know, they're not going to finish in 30 seconds. Exactly. You got to, you know, take your time. Be careful. Take your time. Love yourself. Take your time, love yourself. That's what Tucker Carlson always says. So I I guess I have a couple questions. Since we know what the properties of light are generally, and we can produce Mm -hmm. light with artificial means, is it possible to artificially sun your butthole using, say, hydroponic lamps or a high-powered Jewish space laser? Yes. Uh, So that is what Tucker Carlson has promoted here. Uh, It is this. (laughs) It looks like a hand sanitizer pump that would be outside of a bathroom or something these days. And you stand in front of it and it emits this horrific glow onto your genitals. Uh, There was a picture of it on the website. I should have got it for you. But please, no, no, don't don't leave me. Don't leave me hanging without a picture of, I presume, I will assume Tucker Carlson's genitals being illuminated by his uh, dick microwave. (laughs) It's so good. His dick microwave. That is exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, these pictures, uh, he definitely thinks he's Jesus. Hold on. Let me add this to the uh, like we used to joke here. about teabagging the satellite uplink when I was in the army because we had uh, so when when you travel and you have like a secure information site uh, abroad in a war zone. Uh, this is me divulging national secrets. Who do I think I am? Perfect. President. 
<laughs> Sorry, former president. But everything, uh, like all of the secure communications take place over a satellite uplink. So if the Russians didn't know that, they know it now. And if they didn't know that, shame on them. They should have watched the first 20 seasons of 24 starring Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> in the role of a lifetime. I'm sending this picture to you on Discord because I can't figure out how to add it to our... Uh... Actually, Discord might flag that. I've been prevented from sending images across Discord uh, because they look too much oh, like... Oh, it didn't flag that. It loved it. Oh, my. It said more, please. I'm going to open the original. Oh, that is such a that is such terrible resolution. It is, but it's a powerful image, isn't it? This is from Fox <laughs> News. <laughs> it looks like he looks like he's standing at like behind it. He looks like he's fucking an EV car charger. <laughs> exactly. It does. It looks exactly like he's fucking an EV car charger. You know, it's wild like, to me is he rails against solar energy in every other aspect of his life. But this one, he's just like directly to my penis. It gives me power. <laughs> it, it looks like he's on a mountain, like talk, giving a sermon to his followers. He's got his arms outstretched like a soaring bird, his legs <laughs> spread apart and his genitals just microwave to all hell. <laughs> like, I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a bright light too. It's not like tanning booth. Like it, this oh, is bright. This is like a, a this is like an angelic glow. Like they offered him that cool blue tanning booth color, color and he said, "No, I want my dick to look like Jesus." <laughs> All right, so I, I guess I, I'm kind of taking us pretty far back, but you you said that <laughs> metaphysical Megan was basing this on an ancient Taoist practice. Yeah, that's about as far as she went. Yes, okay. saying that she that it is something she uncovered. Did you find any evidence of an ancient Taoist practice? No, but I should. No, it just reminds me of uh, a previous butt related claim um, in our in our episode, I think, 19 Rumpology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about Sylvester Stallone's mom providing butt readings based on an ancient, oh, yeah. uh, an ancient practice. I did find that the Taoist practices did say that that area, that taint area that we all love, is holds a lot of power for people. Okay. <laughs> so that might be where this is coming from, charging that area. But beyond that, it is just a, a sacred place on the human body. Yeah, you put the battery right under your balls. I get it. Exactly. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a... What an absolute delight. I had no idea about the Tucker Carlson stuff. You have you have made my entire day. That picture is it's just great. It's like you shot a laser up my ass. I, I feel so much. <laughs> I, I, I am just brimming with energy now. <laughs> and better sleep. You're more connected to your sexual energy. Creativity's out the roof. Is that what is that is that what's happening? Is I'm becoming more creative as we speak. Exactly. Uh, so if you like the idea of a uh, loaf of Wonder Bread like Tucker Carlson running around with his pants down, <laughs> this takes us to my next topic, which is uh, a tweet from a guy named Tatum who looks like a handsome bearded man in sunglasses. He is at 51st Tates. That's a pretty funny name. I'm not going to lie. On that's, Twitter. That's, that's clever. He states, bottomless breadsticks implies the existence of topless breadsticks. And now I'm hungry and horny at this Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's a it's a we we just got done talking about Tucker Carlson's bottomless breadstick. And I guess first question, does the existence of bottomless breadsticks imply topless breadsticks? Of course. And then I guess the second question is, does that make you horny at the Olive Garden? 
<laughs> I mean, every time. You just can't not be horny thinking about these things. I mean, the the breadstick already. I'm horny for carbs. Yes, exactly. The breadstick already is a very phallic object. Yeah. Tell me you haven't shaken one around. <laughs> I've certainly put one in my mouth and it was the best and I would do it again. Anytime. The next question is, would you eat... <laughs> I I guess the next question is if bottomless implies topless, what other body horrors does bottomless and topless breadsticks imply? And the first thing that comes to mind is breadstick nipples. Mmm, there we go. I was just thinking (laughs) topless breadsticks would be a sort of toast situation, but I like like, I like this idea. Like you can you can milk it and get garlic butter. (laughs) Exactly. No, that sounds perfect for a breadstick. Uh, (laughs) A little drawn butter nipple. I like it. And like, let's be real, breadsticks are just pizza dough that's been cut into sticks. So exactly. Is is a, is a pizza just like a circular nightmare and in, an infinite breadstick <laughs> horror? <laughs> like it's what keeps breadsticks up at night. Up at night. Yeah. <laughs> they, they dream of becoming a flat pizza infinity loop. <laughs> There's just nipples everywhere. <laughs> Squirting garlic butter into the night. It's a, it's a funny thought, but uh, bottomless in this circumstance does not mean that the breadsticks aren't wearing pants. Breadsticks normally don't wear pants and they don't wear tops. Bottomless in this case would indicate that the basket itself does not have a bottom, but in fact gives way to an infinite space filled with a horror of breadsticks, which is what a group of breadsticks is called. <laughs> which is my tummy in this situation, <laughs> a bottomless pit <laughs> for breadsticks. Um, I like the idea. I like the idea of other things that we call bottomless being topless now, like margaritas <laughs> or pits, things like oh, that. Mimosas, yep. Bottomless mimosas, topless mimosas. I like it. I like the idea. I think more restaurants should be advertising this. What would a topless mimosa look like? You have to drink from the bottom. It's like a a shark tank with straws at the bottom. You know, you got (laughs) to. Mark Cuban's getting a lot of love in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Please, Mark Cuban, buy our testicle tanning machine. We use it to open a vortex to a bottomless pit of breadsticks. You're going to love it. The Marvel Universe Phase 6 is going to be fucking buck wild. A miasma of garlic and butter just engulfing us. Obviously, bottomless breadsticks and salads have been a huge hit for Olive Garden for years. Are there any foods that you could use a bottomless supply of? Oh, wow. Um... So many. I can't even begin to count here. Uh, bagels, for one, need that oh all day long. God. I don't know why there's not an uh, all-you-can-eat-bagel places. That is just <laughs> a dream come true. Their customers would be dead in a week. <laughs> That's true. Valid point. I don't know what I would do with that power. I did try to go to Sweet Tomatoes the other day and learned, unfortunately, it was closed down because I love a bottomless salad. Can't get enough of that. <laughs> if I can just keep going back and back and fill it up my plate with salad. There's nothing funny about that. That's true. I just no, love salad. No, I was salad. just imagining a salad without <laughs> pants. So, like, this guy's changed my life. <laughs> and I just can't go there and stick my face under the soft serve machine anymore. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> For me, I think I, I think bottomless wings, man. I, I, love, I love chicken oh, yeah. wings. And even if you were hanging out with me, I'd switch to bottomless fried cauliflower because I'm a I'm accommodating and I love cauliflower, especially fried cauliflower. So good. But if there's one thing that I could choose beyond all others to have a bottomless supply of, it's Rick Reynolds. Bottomless Rick Reynolds is what I would choose. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's okay. Rick Reynolds sells shirts. I've never I've never seen him sell a pair of Rick Reynolds pants. I think that's as intended. Well, at least now we know we'll never have to go topless again. Never again. I've got my Rick Reynolds t-shirt and nothing underneath it. Um, (laughs) uh, Rick Reynolds was kind enough to uh, give us the use of his entire sexual identity 
as well as the song United from the album Portals in Progress, which you can find on Amazon, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, he is also on YouTube, and you can find him on Instagram at Rick Reynolds. Thanks, Rick. Uh, hold on, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll pat. Hold on, patch him yep. through. Yep, I'm, I, I just texted him. I said I let him know that you thanked him, and he said, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> he said, "You're still doing that podcast." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he actually just finished his tour with Tantric. Uh, he was filling in for their bass player. So, um, rock on, Rick. Uh, so, Cap, why don't you tell the folks where to find you? Absolutely. Uh, I am one fourth of the crew at Shrimp and Crits. We are an actual play podcast, which means we play a tabletop RPG biweekly on Mondays. You should definitely come listen to us. You can find us on all the social medias at Shrimp and Crits and whatever podcatcher of your choice. And you can find me personally at Cap and Crits on Twitter. All right. And you can find me individually at Food Aside on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's where I post pictures of food that I've already eaten. And you can find the <laughs> podcast at Wreck Your Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere else. So how do you know if you're finished with bottomless breadsticks? How do you take a picture of that? Will you ever truly be done? Yes, actually, I, I think there is a, a very clear ending to bottomless breadsticks, and that is when you die. When you get kicked out of the Olive Garden. No, that's not the end of bottomless breadsticks. I would I would just chew through the door and... And get back in there and continue my <laughs> continue my dirge. It's not it's not into bottomless breadsticks until. That's the best death song. That's perfect. <laughs> it's that harmonica music. I should have hired Rick Reynolds to do our in memoriam section. Just maybe some slow, some slow guitar, something something some, really a soft. slideshow in black and white. <laughs> super echoey clips of Matt from the show talking about his like the, like the episode where he tells us that the internet says he has a 10 inch dick which I can confirm I was in the army uh, everybody showers together I'm not saying I showered with Matt but I heard rumors we all heard the episode where they had to fly <laughs> in the commando unit if that doesn't speak to the scale of the operation I don't know what does exactly uh, Rest assured, folks, we are going to continue the podcast. We'll be bringing in additional guest hosts. No immediate plans to uh, replace Matt on a permanent basis. I'm just going to uh, enjoy the freedom that comes with the single life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make weird choices, editorially speaking, possibly even questionable choices. I might repaint the podcast red and, and, and put a Porsche logo in the corner. <laughs> so how does a podcast give off rebound vibes? <laughs> Make it a convertible, maybe some mud flaps. Maybe I'll get the podcast a gym membership. You can find us at Wreck Your Pod at your local Planet Fitness. <laughs> this podcast getting trim in shape. We're cutting our episodes down from 44 minutes to 37 minutes, and they're just going to be lean muscle. No filler here. No filler. <laughs> so if between now and next week you find yourself taking civics lessons from a man irradiating his own testicles and you are questioning the wisdom of exposing your butthole to the sun, we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. Have you checked your butthole? I have not seen your keys, but since you're asking me, you better check out that butthole.